The heavens and the earth said, truly this was the Son of God. Let's read this scripture. I'm in, we're in Matthew 27 this morning. Verse 45, now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land, can also be translated all the earth, until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of, the, one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again and said, cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. It implies it was a choice. He knew the moment had come. He had paid the price. That's what we're celebrating this morning. He paid it all. And he yielded up his spirit to the Father. Notice what happens next. And behold, that little word means take notice. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, implying God did it. And the earth shook and the rocks were split And the tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of their tombs after his resurrection, they went into the city and were and appeared to many. When the centurion wonder how many crucifixions this guy had overseen. And when the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place. They, not just the centurion himself, but his whole squad of crucifiers, they were filled with awe. What's it take to fill people that would do this with awe? And they said, truly, this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. The heavens said it. Jesus' mission begins and ends with signs in the heavens. There's a star announcing his birth. It's a sign of hope. It's also a sign of Jesus' identity. This is no ordinary child. This is the Son of God. At the end of his mission, some 33 years later, there's another sign in the heavens, darkness. God turns off the sun, as it were. This is a sign of judgment on sin. But again, it's a sign of Jesus' identity. This is no ordinary man. This is the Son of God. The heavens are saying it. The heavens said it. Truly this was the Son of God. Truly this was the Son of God. The earth said it. In verse 51, Matthew says, The earth shook and the rocks were split. He is referencing our memory buttons back to Mount Sinai. Matthew is a very Jewish gospel. 
He's referring us back to Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, verse 18. It says, the whole mountain trembled greatly. When's the last time you saw a mountain tremble? (laughs) Well, it did that day. That mountain trembled that day because the presence of God had come down on it. And now, again, the earth shakes. The ground trembles. Rocks, Matthew says, were split. The earth is saying what the sky has said or the heavens have said, this is no ordinary death. This is a death for sin. This is no ordinary man. This is the Son of God. The earth said it. Truly this was the Son of God. Truly this was the Son of God. Death said it. Verse 53, the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, Old Testament people that died in faith, they were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the, into the holy city and appeared to many. This is a picture in advance of something that's going to happen later. It's a little prophetic foretaste. Revelation chapter 20, verse 13. Listen to this. Revelation 20, 13. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. It's like God is going to come to death and Hades at that amazing moment at the end of the whole story and say, okay, give them up, give them up. Suppose you hear some noise in your house, middle of the night, and you go downstairs to the main floor to see what's all that about, and you see me running out of the front of your house with your silverware <laughs> and jump in my car and take off down the road. You get on the phone and you say, I'd like to report a robbery. So-called pastor ran this way off with my silverware. You give them my plate number and all that. A little while later, I've been apprehended. The police have me, and they know I've got the silverware. So they say to me, all right, hand it over. Hand it over. They look to me. They want your silverware. Hand it over. At the end of the age, when Christ returns, he's going to say to death, all right, I want those dead people. Give them to me. They're mine. Hand them over. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-five. Paul talks about this moment. I kind of like this one. Oh, and he quotes Hosea, but Paul's words are 1 Corinthians 15.55, oh, death, where is your victory? Huh? He's making fun of death. This is prophetic mocking of the great enemy of God, death. He's the, death is the last enemy to be defeated. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26. And Paul is mocking it, prophetic mocking. Hey, death, you think you're so tough? Where is your victory, death? Come on, show us how tough you are. Show us your victory, death. Pat. <laughs> He's making fun of it. (laughs) And there's a foretaste of that moment, which is, of course, still future, at the moment Christ dies. God showed up a bit ahead of time, and he went into the realm of death. He went to those tombs in Jerusalem and called out a handful of people. We don't know how many it was. 
Probably wasn't a huge number. We don't know what happened to them. Did they live earthly lives for a period of years and then die again? Were they translated up into heaven right away like Elijah was in the Old Testament? There's things in this account. We don't have all the details. But that the raising of these Old Testament saints when Jesus dies is a picture of what is yet to come. God's victory over death and death, the great enemy, is already defeated The heavens said it. The earth said it. Now, what's under the earth says it. Death says it. Truly, this was the Son of God. Death is crying, uncle. God's got it in a headlock. Come on, say it, say it. (laughs) Truly, this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. God said it. Verse 50, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And then immediately on the back of that, these two statements are very interlocked. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. God is responding to Jesus' death. Jesus dies and God rips open the curtain. Why is this happening? The answer is hidden back at the very beginning of Matthew, and it's not really all that hidden. Matthew finds out that his betrothed, Mary, is with child, and initially, of course, he's very dismayed and confused. What's up? Has she been unfaithful? What's the story here? An angel comes to him in a dream in Matthew chapter um, 1 and says, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you will name, call his name Jesus, which means Savior. Why is that? Because he will save his people from their sins. How did he do that? He saves us from our sins by dying for our sins. That is why God tore open the curtain. Because Christ died to open the way for all of us to come to him. Heaven said it, earth said it, death said it, and now God's saying it. This was no ordinary death. This was a death for sin. This was no ordinary man. Truly, this was the Son of God. The Roman soldiers said it. Verse 54, when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly this was the Son of God. Note, they said it. I think I'd always had the thought it was only the centurion, but Matthew's very clear. This is a plural. He has a squad of people that crucify people. And they said it. These are representatives of the unchallengeable Roman Empire, the oppressor. This is another point us forward moment because scripture tells us that in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Do we all believe that? That's going to happen. And there's a little picture in miniature ahead of time when that soldier confesses Christ as the Son of God. 
Now there's another link from this moment, the soldier, to what's gone before. Just like Jesus' mission began and ended under signs in the heavens, the star and then the darkness, Jesus' mission on earth begins and ends with representatives from the, pause for emphasis, nations. Look at these flags. Representatives from the nations. It begins with the Magi, led supernaturally by a star. His mission ends on a cross where soldiers are impacted by God. The, the, the Magi are led by a star that God put there, and the soldiers are impacted by this earthquake. They see the ground shake. They're thinking, well, we've done lots of crucifixions, but I never saw anyone turn out like this. Who is this, really? God is speaking to these men. They say, this was the Son of God. Heaven, earth, God. Heaven, earth, death, God, and now the nations. They're all saying it. This is no ordinary death. This is a death for sin. This is no ordinary man. This is the Son of God. Let's survey this. Just in the next moment, we're going to run through them all, and then I want us to ask ourselves a question, and then I'm going to turn it back to the pastor. The heavens said it. The earth said it. Death said it. I kind of like that one. Death said it. God's got death in a headlock. God said it by ripping open the curtain. The Roman soldiers, representatives of the empire, said it. And here's our question. Are we saying it? Amen.